what these young bloods have to understand that this game has always been and will always be about buckets. Just attack the basket. Gobble, gobble, gobble. Welcome to Buckets. My name's Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network. Joined by Sean Little. You can follow him on Twitter at Chicago Flow and Jay Money. You can follow him on Twitter at Jay Money is Money. This is your NBA Best Bets episode for Wednesday, the last day before the Thanksgiving break in the NBA. Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Glad to have them as a sponsor for the show. We're not going to waste any sort of time here. Sean, give me your best bets for the Wednesday slate. Yeah, Bulls, Bucks, under 218 and a half, minus 110, and I'm going with the Hawks against the Kings, minus six. Okay. Uh, Jay, give me your best bets for Wednesday. Yes, sir. Top, top play, Wolves, minus one. Also on Blazers, plus eight and a half, Heat, minus one and a half, and uh, Bulls, plus seven and a half, plus seven, whichever one. Okay. Uh, I like – the only one I really love is Pels, minus seven. I'm leaning pretty heavy on Kings, plus six, so I want to hear what Sean's got to say on that one. Uh, and then I've, I've got a few others that I, I definitely want to look at. I'm eyeing Celtics, but I, I want to talk about it with the fellas. So let's go ahead and start. Uh, let's start with Jay's picks first because he's got four on the board. Uh, Jay, all right, let's start with Blazers. Uh, you like Wolves the best. Let's start there. So the Minnesota Timberwolves are a one-point favorite on the road versus the Indiana Pacers. Both teams got normal rest spot one day off. Uh, why do you like the Wolves here so much versus a team in the Indiana that's been so red hot lately? Yeah, uh, Pacers been red hot lately. They've won five straight, but that's over the walking wounded Raptors. They beat the Hornets, the Rockets, and the Magic um, twice in a row. So uh, I'm not, I can't say I'm not impressed with the Pacers. I like what they're doing over there, but it's definitely levels to this. And the Wolves are definitely further ahead, in my opinion. Six and two against the spread last uh, eight meetings in Indy. Four straight wins. They're gaining confidence and momentum as well. They match up well across the board versus this team. Have plenty of size and length. Uh, Pacers are nine and one against the spread last 10 um, but it's been over a week of uh, competition in my opinion they do have the nets on deck so facing a western conference team with a bigger eastern conference team on deck could be somewhat of a look ahead spot regardless of that give me the wolves here uh, minus the one to win this game and keep it going all right so i noticed something interesting today when i was looking at uh, i was going through some research on indiana they have faced the 28th toughest schedule in the nba uh 25th toughest offensive schedule and the 29th toughest defensive schedule in terms of like 25th toughest uh, opponents by defense, 29th toughest by offense. So that's definitely boosted them. I think the problem here is Minnesota is equally rough in that regard. 27th toughest strength of schedule overall, 28th uh, toughest offensive schedule in terms of their defensive opponents, and uh, 22nd toughest defensive opponents via dunksandthrees.com. So this is basically two teams uh, who have – the Wolves have a shaky record and performance resume versus a weak schedule. The Pacers have an impressive one, mostly because we thought that they were going to be terrible and they're not power rating. I make this plus 1.4 and that's with a lot of adjustments on matchup, which kind of factors in how these teams play. I make it even, I make it essentially pick. 
So I, I've got a little bit of a lean towards Indiana on that one. Um, I don't want to play it. I, I think the only concern here is I'm with you on the idea of Indiana being not as good as the record shows. What makes you think Minnesota is good enough to win on the road in this spot? Yeah, the Timberwolves are starting to put together. This is a team that's a lot better than their record suggests. They kind of been playing around. I remember they did this last year as well. Kind of started out slow, start to put things together. And I really like what I saw in that heat win. They were down double digits at the half, played a lot of lockdown defense in the second half of that one, um, and put together things offensively as well. So I like where this team is going. Like I say, they're gaining momentum and confidence. I think they make it five straight wins here today. All right, so you, got, you like the Blazers uh, plus eight and a half versus the Cavaliers. Uh, Cavs are on a third and four, so this is actually a bad rest spot for the Cavs. Uh, Blazers on normal rest in this one. I've got this as minus eight, so a little bit of an edge on Portland, depending on the number you get at. I've got the power rate at minus five, so a little bit more of an edge on Portland. Uh, it's not enough for me to play it. I like the angle. I don't think it's enough for me to get there. Try and sell me on it. Why do you like Portland so much? Yeah, it's pretty simple here with me. Off three straight losses for the Blazers here, this is a bounce-back spot. You do get a double revenge spot as well from last year, and it's more on the Cavs for me. I love this Cavs team. I follow them very closely. This is a sandwich spot. I was all over this team the other day versus the Hawks with playoff revenge, and now when obviously the Hawks kept, uh, kept the Cavs from making the playoffs last year, cast the trifecta spot with them. Now they have the Bucks on deck. This is a sandwich spot. You're facing a Western Conference team in the middle of two Eastern Conference uh, matchups as well. Huge look ahead to the Bucks on Friday here. Um, and in general, I do think there's some substance to fading some some of these home teams right before Thanksgiving. You have a lot of family over a lot of distractions as well. But aside of that, give me the Blazers here, plus the eight and a half uh, versus the Cavs. It's probably probably looking ahead to the books the next game. You like Chicago here coming off of their best win of the season versus the Boston Celtics. That's a, a pretty bold selection here. I, I've run through you this before. They're facing the Milwaukee Bucks. Normal rest for both teams. I'll tell you that like my numbers definitely say like, okay, there's a little bit of value on Chicago, but like Jay, I'm begging you. I, Jay, I'm, I'm begging you. <laughs> I'm begging you. Do not bet against Mike Budenholzer at home versus a division team. Don't do this. I love when people tell me uh, not to take a play. It almost cashes uh, every single time, man. This is, a playoff <laughs> revenge. this is a playoff revenge spot for the Bulls here, guys. This playoff revenge is something that I figured out uh, over the past three years. It's a real high motivational spot. It doesn't matter that you're going to win the game, but you get peak motivation. It's the, that's all you can ask for in today's NBA. Um, when you lose to a team and they kick you out of the playoffs, you're literally working out, working on your game all summer, thinking about how that team put you out, and you can't wait to face them again as well. Um, they did face off in the preseason. They smacked the Bulls up in there and no it's just preseason but still give me playoff revenge here to offer confidence boost and win versus the boston celtics uh they're playing a little bit more defense this year even the coach said it they're playing a lot bit a lot better versus these top tier teams this year whereas last year they were getting smoked by every great team they're nine and four against the spread last 13 in milwaukee books only one and four against the spread last five games and they also have the Cavs on deck as well i know they've owned the bulls of late but give me the bulls here plus the points it wouldn't be a bit surprised to see them win this game out right here man do you remember the last time that you went against the 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 the, the Bucks in a division game? We talked about this on the pod. I tried to warn you then. Yeah, I don't mind. I don't okay. mind. I just cashed with the Blazers with another day, but I know they cash. They uh they do well versus division, but I'm not scared of any smoke, man. All right, all right. I like the I like the confidence there. Um, and then Heat minus one and a half. This one equally is uh, facing a Wizards team. I think has been pretty good this season. Um, one and a half at home. I've actually, oof, yeah, I. He he, they're on a three and four here, Jay. Um, 
power rating, I've got this minus 2.4. Uh, so I've got almost two and a half. So I, I've, it's a little bit of an edge there. Matchup makes me worried based off of the half court offense stuff. The Wizards are a lot better in half court offense. So I actually have the Wizards as a slight favorite in that spot. Um, this is a Heat team that's severely depleted in a bad rest spot. Why do you like them here? Yeah, they were just depleted the other day as well. This is a quick revenge spot. They just lost 107-106 in overtime November 18th as well. No Butler, no Hero, no Bam Adebayo as well. And they still okay. only lost that game. Uh, really had a chance to win that game. I believe Wizards hit a late bucket to take the lead. Heat really deserved to win that game. Um, as you see, they took them to overtime as well. So if you play that close versus the team on the road um, with still the depleted roster as well, and I believe that was like the fifth straight home game of the Wizards, they're supposed to blow the Heat out in that spot. So actually speaking Speaking of the Wizards, first game on the road after six straight home games, it's a fade spot. It's an environmental shift as well. Uh, this is a must, somewhat of a must-win game for the Heat, in my opinion. Coming off uh, four straight losses, all on the road. They showed plenty of fight last game. They just ran out of gas in that, in that uh, second half. That's what you're supposed to do on the tail end of a, a road trip as well. But I like that they're still fighting. This is a desperate team. Uh, give, them, give them to me minus one to have here at the house in the revenge spot. What was the line on the game last week? Do you remember? Open up at one and a half for the Wizards, went all the way up to seven and a half with the uh with the injuries. Okay. All right. So I like this spot. Here's why. Uh I found this one last week. This is in my trends piece for this week. I forgot this was a duplex spot. So I call these duplexes. Ken Barkley came up with the stat, this that name for it, which is you face a team twice in a week. If the team that's a home that's at home now was a favorite in the road loss and a favorite in the current game, they're 20 and five straight up, 14 and 11 against the spread since 1819. Now, as you just said, the Heat were dogs in that last game. I get it. However, uh, if we look at, at the entire context of the season, we can agree that fully healthy, the Heat would have been favored favorites in that game. So it's basically like they fit this this category. I like any time that you get this, like the revenge, you, you, revenge spots, your biggest cap. This is the best revenge spot. I think you can play is when you play twice in a week and you took a bad loss and you're like, mm -hmm. fuck those guys. Like we are better than them. <laughs> like this is bullshit coming yes. back home. So I like of all those, I like the heat. I think uh, the best is the play. Um, Some good ones. There some strong plays in general. All right, Sean, let's get to yours as we continue here. What do you like the best of, what you got on tap. Yeah, really quick, before I get into my picks, I want everybody to listen to Jay. When you're confident on a play and you like it, forget about the outside noise. Anyone that comes to you says, don't take that, don't do that, don't do this. Go down with your play, go with your gut, go with what you're most confident in. And even if you take a loss, it's still your play. You did your research, you did your homework, you can stick to it and you can feel good about it moving forward. All right, of my two plays, I like uh, Bulls Bucks under 218 and a half, yeah. minus 110 the best. Now, the Milwaukee Bucks absolutely own the Bulls. I know Matt has, has talked about the division and Budenholzer and the whole thing. 18 and two straight up in their last 20 against the Bulls. We know the metrics. Bucks are number one in defensive rating. They give up 45 points in the paint. That's fourth best. No easy buckets for them. Number two in opposing field goal percentage allowed. And that's big because the Bulls have a hard enough time on offense as it is. So they they the ball sticks in a lot of spots. So that's also if if Milwaukee's slowing down everybody else, they're definitely going to be able to slow down the Bulls. Now I, I do agree with a lot of the stuff that Jay said because I couldn't get there on the seven and a half. That felt seven seven and a half felt a little too rich here. But I do see this game being very competitive. I was in the building for multiple games of that of that Bucks 
uh, Bulls playoff series last year. That was the one one of the most demoralizing series I've ever been a part of as a Bulls fan. They were we it was just very clear that we they were a higher caliber squad on the court. We couldn't keep up with them at all, and they were just busting us up every every other night. So this is a really big revenge spot. But also the the, the Bulls are playing better on defense, just like Jay alluded to as well. Tenth in defensive rating, they rebound the ball really well. Both teams are also middle of the pack in pace, tied at. 15th, extremely familiar with each other. They're going to be able to go head up. It's going to be a competitive game. Like I said, this is the first time outside of that preseason game. This is the first time they're playing since that embarrassing uh, playoff series in round one that the the Bulls had versus the Bucks. Listen to these points put up by the Bulls in those four losses. They put up 86, 81, 81, <laughs> let me repeat that for you, 95 points, and then they put up 100 points. So they struggle with this team, the Bucks, especially on the road in this matchup. I think it's going to be a, a, a very low-scoring, grinded-out type of game. It could be competitive. I don't see either, either squad putting up a ton of points, though. Also, the Bulls, if you're watching the Bulls like I am, on offense, they're just broken. They're not, they're not very good on the offensive side of the ball. They scored 107 points at home to the Magic. That's a terrible defensive team. They couldn't get it done at home. They put up 103 against the Nuggets. That's also a suspect team on defense. And last but not least, Zach and DeMar DeRozan are going to have to deal with my guy, Jay Rue Drew Holiday, at some point in time and a, a good portion of that game. I just don't see this being very high scoring. I, I like uh, – uh, oh, also, if Pat Williams and DeMar DeRozan hit a combined six threes, I'm going to fly Matt and Jay – out to New York, and I'm going to buy courtside seats at any Nets game that they want to go to. We can have drinks at my place and walk down the street to Barclays. So that's not going to happen. A very, very good shooting game from the Bulls against the Celtics. They're clearly best performance of the year offensively against uh, against the Celtics the other night. So I like this spot under 218 for uh, Bulls. So all right, I, got, I got a couple of thoughts on this. Um, yeah. First off, if tomorrow – Chris Middleton pops up questionable on the injury report. He got recalled from the herd, their G League affiliate, on Monday. If he pops up as questionable on the report tomorrow, does that change your cap at all? Not too much because it's his first game back, obviously. Mm-hmm. I, I, right. My my uh, my guess is he'll obviously – they'll try to get him incorporated. That might slow them up even more on the offensive end. I overall, agree. Overall, I think it's just a low-scoring, grinded-out type of game. The Bulls – struggle with the with these guys but they also play better defense i think it's just a grinded out type of game 110 105 type of game yeah i agree with you i would say that you want to wait for the injury report always like go ahead and wait to see if mid pops up questionable this may go up a point if he pops up and if they say before the game he's gonna play it may go up another point point and a half Mm -hmm. And then you got an even bigger opportunity to come back on yep. the other side on this to come back. And like, I'm with you. Um, the Bulls, we, we just talked about their defense. Here's what's, what's crazy. Not only are they defending well, six best uh, schedule adjusted defense in the league. They're doing it with switch. This is a team that should not be able to switch. These guys suck mm-hmm. at defense. But <laughs> by basically just being like, yeah, no, we're just going to guard you straight up. It works in the regular season. It just does. All these teams that switch, they have great defensive ratings. Um Jay, I see, I see you rubbing your hands together. You seem excited for this one. You like this cap from him? 
Well, I'd love, yeah, I like the Cavs, but I'd love for Middleton to come back. I think that that would work out for me even more. Mm-hmm. I think the Bulls would take the game even more serious, and it's definitely in the learning adjustment as well in implementing him into the start lineup. So I love the the star player back theory. Uh, like you said, it's definitely going to go up another two, two and a half points, uh, and I'll hop on the Bulls again. So I'd love for Middleton to come back. All right. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm, I'm hoping for that a lot now, to be honest with you. Um, you mentioned it, you kind of see it as like a grinding out 110, 107 kind of kind of game. I've actually got it. Uh, I have this projected right now at on neutral court. It would be 109, 107. So like right, very much under. I like I like yeah. the the cap on that. I may be putting that that wager in tomorrow. Uh, all good. right, let's talk about this this hawk spot that you like as well. So take it on the hottest team in the league, light the beam for the Sacramento Kings. Uh, <laughs> Hawks are six point favorites. Now Kings are on a third and four back to back East coast road trip, bad spot for Sacramento, but they're again, hottest team in the league right now. Why do you want to fade the Kings? Yeah. Uh, this is more of just a, a gut spot on, especially specifically with the rest. Like you said, three and four days, they just tried to give the game away in Memphis last night. If you watch that game towards the end, they they ran out of a lot of gas in Memphis. Once Ja started getting rolling, he only scored 10 points in the first half and then exploded for 24 in the second half. Once he started rolling, they almost crumbled and collapsed. So three games in four, I like the Hawks. It's just a bounce-back spot coming off an L versus the Cavs. They have to address these slow starts at some point for the Atlanta Hawks. Every single game they come out, they're one of the worst teams in the league um, against the spread coming out in the first half, first quarter. They're going to have to address these slow starts at some point. I think this is a good spot to get that done. Back-to-back for the Kings here, uh, I lean Hawks minus six. And also another spot, if 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 the the boys in Sacramento continue to get it done tomorrow, I really like them. I, I really like fading them against Boston the following day. I also like them in this spot as well. Give me the Hawks minus six. I'll lay it. You talked to me off of Kings based <laughs> off of it's just a bad spot for Sacramento. Yeah, it's just like, a pure spot play, yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just a spot play like Kings riding high, getting through another win, all these type of things. East Coast yeah. uh, like going to Memphis and then uh, all the way to Atlanta. That's tough. Um, I will say this season so far, Kings been pretty good in, re- in low rest spots. Right. But mm-hmm. this is also probably when the market starts to catch up with them a little bit. Like I noticed in trends like they are the best team against the spread, too. Right. You don't see teams that win like this. And then yeah. it it they were in that really good spot. But now they're getting enough attention that probably the market's going to have to account for that a little bit. I definitely can't go Hawks here just because I make this like I literally make this Kings minus six. Like I literally like that's <laughs> like that's like that's like that's what I've got based off of the regular season performance because yeah. the Hawks have been so bad in transition. Like the, they've been the really bad. In, put up a huge number on them, but yeah, they be they're really bad in transition and they don't shoot any threes. So yep. if it's one of those things where if they get down, they they're just not going to come back. But we were talking about. Uh, toughness of schedule earlier. I mean, we know the Kings are winning games, but listen to the squads that they're beating. So they did get a good W against against Memphis. The Grizzlies were six and one coming into that game at home. Very good, very good home team in the groundhouse. We know that. But Jaws coming off an ankle, no bane, right? So then they they beat. Let's go in. Let's go in order. They beat the Pistons, the Spurs, the Nets. They put up one fifty three on. We remember that game. They beat the Warriors. The Warriors are brutal on the road. Then they beat the Lakers. And then the other quality win on this win streak is the Cavs. They did beat the Cavs. So those are those are the wins in a row. This is a really bad spot, in my opinion, for them to continue to string these games together. I'll lay the six with the Hawks. 
and I'll probably be in a spot to fade him again against Boston the following night or a couple of nights later. But guys, I just want to say something real quick. Sean made a really good point there. Hawks starting out slow. The Kings have been starting out fast. I mean, the Kings' first quarter could be a look here. I'll be honest with you guys. I kind of have some info on the Hawks that they're disconnected right now with John Collins. Uh, you see them time and time again trying to trade him. I don't think anyone yeah. wants him, but he's disconnected with the team. I'm watching this. these guys. They don't really want to pass him the ball right now. Um, when he gets the ball, sometimes he's not passing it. I sent something up with this situation. They start to play A.J. Griffin a lot more. I think he fits better with the team. Team. They're really close to moving Collins. I think the Hawks will be a buy-on team once they get rid of him. Right now, he's somewhat of a cancer. And they face the Raptors, a walking wounded team. I remember I saw all my guys hopping on the Raptors. I was like, why are you guys like the Hawks here? What happens? That game was a lot closer than it should have been. They didn't cover spread, only one by two. Lost by the Cavs, I'm so glad. But uh, this is my points on the Kings here. Number one, they're seven to one against the spread last eight games, like Matt said, or number one team uh, covering spread in the NBA. Double revenge spot as well from last year. They have the number one offensive rating in the NBA over the last five games and for the whole season. They're absolutely unstoppable right now. Seven straight wins. I mean, the only thing you can do is knock down the teams that's in front of you, right? So, um, where a revenge game as well. Look for Kevin Huerta to go over his points prop tomorrow. That's another inside info. He's really going to be turned up to go up against Atlanta. They traded him away. He wasn't happy about it at first, but uh, he seems pretty happy right now. 5-0 and against the spread and back-to-backs for the Kings right now. So, the rest hadn't really um, affected him like I say, Hawks disconnected one and four against the spread last five. Also one and four against the spread last five versus winning teams. So maybe the Hawks are just those type of teams that they'll beat up on the bad teams versus the somewhat average, the top tier teams. Um, they may struggle at least for right now. So it's actually Kings are none for me here. But I think the stronger play, obviously, they could run out of gas, guys. It's not a good spot. I'd look at Kings first quarter um, and I'd be looking at uh, Kevin Huerter props in this one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, all the things you just laid out really quick, man, all the things you just laid out and then they come out and po- they come out and hang a number that's minus six for the Hawks. I think it's just screaming. The spot is going to be too tough for the for the Kings to bounce back here and then put another really solid uh, game together against a really good Hawks team. When they when they get out and they're playing efficient hoops, they don't even shoot the three. And they've and they've they've there's been games where they put up 120, 125. So I really like the Hawks in this spot. Home court is more variant in the NBA than it is in the NFL. Um, and you can go five, five and a half. Let's do four and a half. Let's let's be conservative. Let's just do a four and a half flip here. And that gets us at six and a half. That only gets us to that still gets us to Hawks minus two in sack. I can't get to I can't get the Hawks being favored in sack. Right. <laughs> now, if you want to do if you want to do five, five and a half, that gets us to basically pick him in sack. That's closer. That seems like okay, I can, but even then it's probably juiced. That's like a that's a pick them with the money line juice towards Atlanta. I still can't get there, but I will say like the spot's bad enough. I'm going to go ahead and, and stay away from it. Uh, we, you mentioned the first quarter stat here. Uh, the first quarter play potentially Kings are only eight and seven against the spread. First quarter Hawks are six and 11. Oh my God. First quarter on the year. Yeah, Let me look at the, the last. The, yeah. Here. Look at the first half. I, I would love to know what that number is because I've, I've watched a bunch of the, the Hawks. They're brutal to start games <laughs> every single night for whatever reason. That has to be something they address. They have to know. Yeah, but here how poor. I, I, we talk about this all the, the time. I'll just horrible, tell you. Man. I'll just tell you. Like, Hawks don't. Bench is horrible. Yeah, yeah, but like, just my thing is, don't assume. Don't, yeah, yeah. Don't try and get it. Like, wait, wait till they fix it, and then we can play Hawks, right? Don't yep. be like, like th- they've got to fix this eventually. It's no, an NBA. Yeah, I agree they with don't that. fix shit. Nobody practices. Uh, <laughs> Hawks eight. Hawks ATS first half this year via EVAnalytics.com. Four and 13 against the spread. Yeah, no question. They, they've been really, really brutal 
But think about that. They've been that brutal in the first half and the start of games, and they're still one of the best teams in the East sitting 10 and yeah, 7 at the moment. That's true. Mine, my, my best bet's gonna be Pelicans minus seven. Um, that's gonna be the only play I think I'm gonna put on the on the positive official best bet play. I look, it, this is they're in San Antonio. This is a non-bad rest spot. San Antonio's got two days off. I don't care. Look, wait. I'm gonna tell you, wait, wait till wait till tip in case this is one of those like, oh, surprise, Zion's not playing tonight. Oh, surprise, Brandon Ingram's not playing tonight. <laughs> I, but like injury report right now, NBA's official injury report, it's just Kyrie Lewis is on is on G League assignment. EJ Liddell's has an ACL. Trey Murphy is has illness and a right foot contusion. He's doubtful. That's huge. Like Trey's been great for them. But like this is seven versus legitimately either like the, probably the second or third worst team in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I have no reason why this number should be less than I can't get this number to less than 10, even in San Antonio. I can't get there. I just based off of any sort of projection, I can't get to a number less than 10. So it's enough of an edge for me to go ahead and play um, play New Orleans. There's no bad spot here. I, I really, it, this is one where people would be like, that line's fishy. That line, it's a trap line. And I, in my opinion, that's not how it works. They have the power rating, they adjust for the spot and injuries. And if they do have information, then that's usually reflected through how the betters approach it. If this had moved, okay. But for me, like just hanging this line seems like there's still a little bit of skepticism on New Orleans and honestly I think the bigger thing is just there's they have not adjusted San Antonio enough San Antonio was in a nebulous spot in preseason of yeah they should be pretty bad they should be real bad 23 win team they start out five and five and now they're here right and I think that they're still a little bit like I do not think that the books have kind of caught up to how truly bad San Antonio is so I like Pell's minus seven here Jay any any reason to, to not like this no, I couldn't talk to you. I've only think they hadn't been well in the like they hadn't fared well versus the Spurs. Obviously, it's a lot better Spurs team. They are only one and eight against the spread last nine meetings. So somewhat struggled. But yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I, I can only look at Pelicans here. Spurs are a glorified G League squad. Uh, and then Yaka Pertle, their center, their basically only center on the squad is uh question was well with a knee, uh, with some with his knee. So he's probably not playing. Jace, uh Josh Richardson as well is doubtful off the bench as well. So it's not really a team that can afford guys being in and out of lineup. Pelicans could stomp on his guys if they want to they do have the Grizzlies on deck but um, like I said Pelicans are kind of rolling right now winning four of the last five uh, you can't overlook these type of teams if you're going to be a top tier team um, in the west like I think the Pelicans want to be so I uh, couldn't talk you off here man Pelicans should smoke them I love Keldon Johnson though I do yeah me too I love I love jo- I like Keldon him. Johnson and Devin Vassell Free I him. like both those dudes Free like, there's, <laughs> there's, there's good guys on San Antonio there's just a whole lot of bad um yeah. I want to talk Mavs Celtics real quick, just because it's an interesting game. It's the biggest game on the slate, obviously. Uh, All right. So the Celtics here are six point favorites and I've got a slight edge on, on Boston in this one. My numbers really like Dallas, despite their performance against the spread, which they have been absolutely horrible against the spread. They're one and one, nine and one this season as a favorite, I believe is the number that I pulled. But here's, I did pull this one, uh, their last two seasons, right? Okay, so we've got last year, the first year under kid, and then the rosters are basically stable the last two years. You got a lot of coaching changes on both sides of of this one with going from Carlisle to kid and then going from Stevens to Doka and now Missoula. But last two seasons, the Mavs are 4-0 straight up and 3-1 against the spread versus the Celtics. So they've liked this matchup. They've done well in the spot. I typically tend to like Dallas as a dog more than I do as a favorite. Mm-hmm. So 
this is a better play, I think, for it, it would be Dallas or nothing for me. I don't know if I really trust this Mavericks team to beat Boston in Boston, but it's an interesting number in that it's it's creeping up high enough to where for me it's going to be it, it would be Mavericks or nothing. Uh, Sean, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I'm seeing minus four right now. I know you said Woo! six. I don't know if some information information came Damn. out that that we missed earlier, Damn. but yeah, right now it's Boston minus four. At the moment, this is a really interesting spot because, like we've talked about, the the Mavs play close games every single night. No matter what, I don't, I don't care who it's against or who they're playing or who's in, who's out. It seems like their games come down to the wire, and this is one of those spots. But Boston is coming off a really poor just offensive performance. The offenses didn't show up in Chicago. I'm interested to see how they bounce back at home. This is a really interesting spot because, you know, this it, it brings that extra juice because. Uh, we we think that these are going to be some of the best teams in the league coming down the stretch as well and are going to be playoff teams. So I'm interested to see how they how they show up at home. But yeah, the number is minus four right now, yeah. minus one ten. So there's that's a, interesting. Four and a half of FanDuel I'm seeing. Uh this open seven. So this is just yeah. Sharps like sharps, sharps pounded, like Dallas. Yeah. I'll tell you why. Tatum's probably not playing here, guys. He, he had, a, and I'll, I'll give you some uh, angle that I've figured out over as well. And this works with all sports. When a team goes on a winning streak, five, six, seven, especially nine straight winning streaks, after that first loss, it's somewhat of an exhale spot the next game as well. Um, you're just not really super juiced up to go uh, balls to the wall, especially with a team coming off a finals appearance, finals loss as well. You don't want to extend all of your energy in the regular season here. So right. I wouldn't be surprised if the Mavs get it done, done here. Like uh, Matt said, four and zero straight up and three and one against the spread last four versus Celtics take it even further though they're 10 and three against the spread last 13 in Boston so they play well in Boston historically off two days rest um and but then when he did dislocate his shoulder last game it only went out and back in so not full dislocation but he may not play here but I don't think Tatum's gonna play here I think it speaks even more volumes to after that first loss you just kind of take a little step back a little bit he did tweak his ankle last game so to see him pop up questionable here um I'd be I'd be really surprised if Tatum him really forced it here um and play especially with all his ankle injuries in the past here so Mavs plus the four plus four and a half probably gets there don't be a bit surprised if Tatum sits this one out and that's why the line's coming down yeah Tatum's questionable with that ankle that was on the official report Spencer Dinwiddie also questionable as well as Maxi Kleba with uh illness and a lower back contusion that's gonna wrap it up for buckets on the last day, day of games before thanksgiving hope you guys have a great holiday thanks for joining us make sure to hit us with those five star reviews we're so grateful for everybody being a part of our community and listening to the show every day we love all the feedback that we've gotten from it no show friday for black friday we're back on monday with a recap episode and back to normal schedule next week hope you guys have a great holiday we'll see you guys again next time for j money you can follow him on twitter at j money is money sean little you can follow him on twitter at chicago flow we'll see you guys again next time let's get buckets Happy Thanksgiving, gamblers. We're thankful for you.